Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Front Page 305. Welcome back to Front Page 305. Manny Navarro, your host, joined as usual by Walter Villa, Andre Fernandez. Boys, how are you doing? What up, what up? I can always dig that Van Halen intro. I'm doing a little air guitar for people following us on the uh, (laughs) Facebook right now. Hey, um, so the Marlins, I'm looking at the MLB standings. They are 18 and 18. They're holding on to that last, that playoff spot uh, among the eight of their life um i think that's going to be the extent of our marlins conversation today i, I was going to say i can't believe the first words out of your mouth was the marlins this is the biggest week in sports since the pandemic stopped everything on march 12th just so much going on what are you guys most excited about i know what it, what it is for me but well football. Uh, Dre, I mean, it's football season, right? I mean, it's pretty obvious. Now everything is is, is goes in the rearview mirror, aside from Heat basketball, right? I mean, they're still in the playoffs. You got game five tonight, Heat Bucks. Right. Uh, and then you got a bunch of football this coming weekend uh, with the NFL starting Thursday night. Patrick Mahomes, Houston mm-hmm. Texans. I mean, Deshaun Watson. Someone's I mean, quarterback. Have, right. Someone's fantasy quarterback. Right. You're a fantasy quarterback. And then there's that team that I cover uh, that plays in Coral Gables uh, oh, yeah. called the Miami Hurricanes, which Walter's all fired up about because they're going to play UAB, and this is finally mm-hmm. happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, off. so this is bigger than the NBA. Right? You know, the Heat about no. to advance, and yet football to me is bigger. No? No. no. The Heat's bigger? Uh, hey, man, listen. Uh, remind me the last time somebody won something down here in football? When was that? Well, that's I'm a good happy, point, but I'm happy, ahead, the spor- I'm happy the sports back. I mean, I'm just, I just, that's always been the one for me to watch. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, even if they don't win, it's football season again in a few days. It is football season and it'll always be football season, but is this a basketball town? Maybe that's what our debate is about. Has, has, has this heat playoff run them being up three, one, assuming they take care of business tonight, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, his ankles all messed up. The Heat win tonight, get back to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since 2014. Do they get all the attention, or does football get all the attention? It's the first time we've ever had to deal with this because it, basketball season never goes on, well, but this is true. really the first time that's that you're true. gonna have a head-to-head clash between I, football, I think, the king of I think all the answer sports is, in, in in by most accounts, versus the Miami Heat, who have been, you know, they've won the, the last three championships. I wish there was a way to compare that at 4.30 on Sunday if Walter's boy, Ron, is rocking off the field and he's 1-0. <laughs> Stop with that in, already. In New England. <laughs> in New England, walking off the field 1-0. Then yeah, let's, I see, think, let's see how everyone's excited at that point. I, I think the answer is who wins. You know, who who's winning is that's what town it is. And, uh, and Andre mentioned the Dolphins-Patriots. I mean, the Patriots... I mean, they lost half their team. Um, they're not there. There shouldn't be now. I don't think that much of the Dolphins team, but um, that's a winnable game. Um, and, and I and I think the Hurricanes, of course, that's what I'm most excited about with Derek King. The Eric King, excuse me. <clears throat> I get choked up. See, yeah, the Eric King. Orange, fish- blue, you already got it. <laughs> that's right. I don't have a job that I have to. Uh, my job is to watch yeah, them. So I don't have Can to you fake tell everybody uh, about that time that you faked your illness. You could watch which time? Game? multiple times. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but one time I got called out on it. But but yes, I don't have to do that anymore, Manny. I can watch the game and uh, and I can be on your other podcast if you invite me on. I can be all on all five of your podcasts and talk about right. the Hurricanes. But 
Uh, I'm, can we talk about that a little bit, guys? I'm excited. Obviously, Derek King, that's going to be the, the spotlight. But I want to see – I did listen to Manny Diaz and the coordinators talk yesterday. Manny, I know you are on that Zoom call. And they were Who talking about – Who asked the about, best questions? Who asked the best questions? You did. Come you on. did. Well, I, you asked a good question to Rhett Lashley about what will you what will be looking what will we be looking for? He said explosive plays, right? Uh-huh. And some of the some of the some of the the metrics to see if they're having success. But I was interested. I think wasn't it Manny Diaz that said about Nesta Jade Silvera as the he said the fast twitch and he plays with an edge. I want to see that because we really haven't seen mm-hmm. enough of that. He mm-hmm. said John Ford Mammoth. So I'll be looking for the under the radar things on the D line. Those two guys. If those two guys are as good as that, then it, what it's going to open up for Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche. And then on the offensive side, I'm going to be watching the left side of the offensive line, which I do not have faith in. John Campbell and then Usman Traor, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Treor. Those Treor. two guys. Traor, is that how you say it? That's correct. All right. Yes. Well, I like Jalen Rivers. Uh, I know he's a backup left guard. I want to see if he gets in the game. But those are the two things that I'm going to be watching on the, on the you know, sort of in the trenches. Well, but, the risk of Manny hitting his head on the roof uh, when I say this. I do love not just that he asked the question the way he asked the question. What analytics do you credit the most success in offense? And that's a question that I'll admit I've put on my, my top five standard things sometimes to ask some to ask coaches because it's a really good question. It really tells you a lot about the philosophy of a coach. In fact, Manny advised me a while back to ask that of Eric Spolstra when it came to defense, you know, how big defense is for the heat, not switching around to switch topics or stay on the canes, but it, and he gave me a great answer. So I think that showed you some insight in Red Lashley and his mindset yeah. and his thinking of what he wants this offense to look like going forward. Yeah, and, and explosive plays. I, I've done a couple of stories on this. I wrote one last week for The Athletic on, on the deep ball. Red Lashley's quarterback last year at SMU attempted the second most deep passes, uh, 20 yards or more in college football, 95 attempts. And so I think you're going to see a lot of De'Eric King throwing the ball deep down the field, um, you know, the strengths of, of his two best receivers, two most talented receivers right now, D Wiggins and Mark Pope. That's all they did in high school. They ran the nine route like crazy at Southridge, went up, caught deep balls. Mm-hmm. So I think that's Wanna what we're going to see. Want to stay title with that play. Right. And and so I, I think you're going to see a lot of that. Um, you know, the depth chart came out yesterday. There really were no surprises at all. Um, I think we've been pretty much on top of it in terms of who's uh, playing where. If you read me on The Athletic, I've been, I've been listening to every single – uh, interview, been a part of all those things and, and sort of broken it down, have my own sources that have been filling me in. Um, one thing I wrote about in my 2020 uh, predictions was that Mark Pope, uh, somebody on the inside was telling me that they really think Mark Pope's going to have a huge year. He's going to lead the team in receiving this year. So I, I expect a lot of the vertical passing game on, on uh, uh, Thursday night, Walter. Uh, UAB plays a lot of man-to-man defense. Um, they've got a very good defense in terms of statistically what they did last year I broke down their roster uh, their offensive line you got five starters back four of them with double digit starts and then offensively really the guy for them is Spencer Brown a six foot 220 pound running back um, who enters the the season or entered the season as the nation's second active leading rusher behind only Clemson's Travis Etienne so look UAB they've won their division uh, I think three straight years or two out of the last three years in Conference USA West, Miami lost two games to Conference USA teams last year and FIU in Louisiana Tech. So to me, I think this is this game is really important for Manny Diaz to come out and, and sort of say, hey, you know what? Last year was last year. We're an entirely new team. 
And, and, you know, they're 14 and a half point favorites. I'd like to see them cover that in this game. I think they would really send a strong message that they're back. Dre, go ahead. You got your finger up. And once a famous man once said down here, we got shooters. Miami can now say, we got kickers. And Jose Jose Borregales, that's the other thing. Uh, uh, If you get the special teams, how excited is this team to finally have a kicker that can make even extra points? Well, I I think I've said it on this show, and I know I've definitely said it on on my wide right You have so many shows. So yeah, it's hard said, to keep track of this, Walter. Um, no, um, Miami didn't attempt a field goal of more than 40 yards after week two last year. That and, and Manny Diaz talked about that. You heard him talk about the difference that it makes having the confidence of a kicker uh, that you can bring him in and he can kick one from from 40, 50 yards out. When you don't have that, your play calling changes completely. Um, and I think, you know, now that they know they've got Borregales on the sidelines, they can go out there and say, hey, you know what? It's third and 15 from the 40 let's let's run a a draw play and pick up 10 yards on that or whatever and set up for a field goal and not have to force the ball down the field because there's no way you could kick it I think you're going to see an entirely different game plan from from the Hurricanes this year hey Manny when you're talking about uh, UAB let's not uh, go putting them in the college football playoff just yet as uh, Bill Parcells (laughs) once said I mean this is a team that uh Lost 49 to six, I believe the score was to FAU in the conference title game last year. And then they lost their bowl game pretty decisively. So this is really all about Miami. Yes, Miami lost to FIU, to Louisiana Tech, embarrassing finish of the season. But if Miami is what they say they are, they should handle this team. A couple of things I wrote down here. uh, It's not quite Manny research, although I do have some Manny research on the Marlins rotation when we get to that uh, later on in the show. But I did look at that depth chart, guys. Not a single hurricane starter is in his first or second year of college this is a pretty experienced team um also it would have been really interesting to see of all the guys that left early trajan bandy to me who didn't get drafted and what he could have meant to this team greg rousseau coming back that would have been that would have been good too but um i I can't help but think about that the other thing i saw did you guys see the espn first team all america uh list for the schools that are playing one hurricane on there, that's Quincy Roche. Obviously, Greg Rousseau would have been on there. Two guys from South Florida. Did you see who, it, you know, not hurricanes. Did you see who that was? No. Go ahead. Who are they? Two guys. One is Patrick Sertain, Jr., who obviously the hurricanes wanted, and he went to Alabama, got a better offer, obviously. Can't fault that on the hurricanes. And the second guy, I you guys tell me because you covered him a bunch. Seems like Miami didn't value him enough, and that's 2-2 atwell at louisville they could have had that dude was that a size thing guys i think it was and what a weapon he's turned out to be i mean you look at switching positions from high school and and then just becoming such a threat for for them and we we saw last year was it last year against the hurricanes manny that he that he had that hellacious game yeah 80 yard run 80 yard catch and run yeah yeah i mean he's got a lot of breakaway speed i think i think the one thing louisville uh sold him on was getting a chance to play quarterback which obviously was never really their intention although uh and miami really they they lied to him to do that right um look miami ended up signing uh they've signed a a boatload of receivers and a bunch of them have left here in the last couple years uh not even finished their careers there because the quarterback play has been so bad i'm hoping that what derrick king does this year and, and maybe potentially Tyler Van Dyke down the road starts to attract some of these um, wide receivers locally. Um, you know, obviously the 21 class, they've got a couple from, from Northwestern, um, a couple of big time kids. And they signed, a, I thought, a pretty decent wide receiver hall in this last class, Xavier Restrepo, I, I really like a lot. Um, but I think 
you know, again, you got to get the best of the best. And, and down here in South Florida, the best receivers continue to go to Alabama and other places. It'd be nice for Miami to to get back to uh, keeping those four and five star elites here on a regular basis. By the um, way, man, Xavier, Xavier Restrepo, you mentioned he was third team on that depth chart behind a former walk on. That was a surprise to me as as well as Restrepo supposedly played from the from the scrimmages. Right. Well, the one thing I'll tell you about the depth chart, um, you know, a lot of this is political stuff. The coach is trying to motivate guys, etc. cetera. Um, I, I really think you will see Xavier Restrepo before you see Marshall Few out there on the <laughs> field. Uh, I just gut feeling tells me that. I so, hope so. Yeah. Um, all right. So we, in addition to the Canes, we, we've got Dolphins that uh, are, are getting started this weekend as well. Um, they're going to be going up to New England. We mentioned that early on uh, last week. Um, we ended up getting uh, my buddy from the Athletic, Josh Tolentino, to do a segment with us previewing the uh, the Dolphins and what was kind of going to happen here uh, this coming season. I guess uh, let's continue. Let's finish the NFL conversation here, guys. What what is intriguing you about that? Because it, it is so weird not having a preseason, not having something to watch. And going into a year the way that you do with college football, where, you know, you just have the first game. Um, is there a storyline? Is there something going into this opening football weekend that has your your eyes or your attention? In general, in the NFL? Yes. Cam Newton. I mean, it's where the Dolphins are going to be right. The first team to, to take on the post Brady era. You know, I mean, and Cam Newton's had his injury troubles. People are questioning, is he still the same quarterback he was that took Carolina to the Super Bowl a few years? Can he get back to even close to that form. I mean, that shapes the entire division. You know, if Cam Newton's successful, if he's the same, if he's even close to that, if he can, you know, just drive the Patriots, then guess what? Status quo. But if he's not, that opens the door for Buffalo. And that even opens the door for this, uh, for this team that I know you have pegged for three wins, but I think they're going to be a little bit better than that. I think they're, I honestly do. I, I don't, I, I don't know if I'd go so far as like our boy, Adam Beasley has said this week. And I think he said something like they should compete for the AFC's title, but wow. You know, I mean, compete, yes. Uh, can they win the AFC East? I don't know yet because Buffalo, even with Josh Allen, even if you think Josh Allen's a terrible quarterback, which, you know, he might be kind of suspect, it's still a lot to say that this team is still young in a lot of spots. Can they actually win the division? We'll see. But I think it comes down to what, how good New England is, how much they've adjusted, how, how much Cam Newton can keep this team at that high level and maybe keep their division streak going. By the way, the Dolphins ain't winning this division. Come on, that's, that's I didn't not say it. Adam Peter, said I think it, it was but... Peter King. Who was it? Who was it that wrote? I, I saw there was a headline in the Herald that uh, Peter King. I said that they would finish fourth in the AFC. That they would win the division. Yeah, Peter King fourth. has them in the playoffs too. Right, yeah. playoffs. Hey, I mean, I think they're way one... better than three and thirteen, but I don't know if I'd go that far to say playoff team for certain. They're still they're still young up front. There's a lot of areas that still you know there's some questions. Here's... One thing that Manny is uh, to back up his claim that they're only going to win three games. They don't have a single top 100 player in the NFL. Interestingly, in a list that I saw on ESPN, three ex-Dolphins are on that list. Minka, Laramie Tunsil, and Ryan Tannehill. So, I mean, this is not a very talented team. I saw another thing. They, they named their eight captains. Three of them are former Patriots. Obviously, the coach is a former Patriot. They're trying to – they're trying to – make that thing happen here. I think it's, it's going to take some time. The offensive line is probably going to be very porous. And I, I think it's a, it's a fairly weak division. Let's see the, the step forward that Sam Darnold takes uh, with the Jets. Obviously, they traded Jamal Adams. The, the Bills and the Jets open up. So we'll know a lot 
that's why this is such an exciting week to me. It even trumps the NBA, which I know we're gonna we're gonna get further into in our next segment. But we'll know a lot about the AFC East, uh, you know, by Sunday night. Yeah, but not having a preseason—that's where you wonder, mm-hmm. you know, how much, how 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 good is the football gonna look just in general? They haven't been hitting each other against other teams, you know. Mm-hmm. Even that, even on the injury front, you know, we've talked about it. You know, these guys are really going to go after it for the first time for real now when before you had four or five chances to do that. So it's intriguing to see. A lot of missed tackles. That's what Manny Diaz always says, right? That, that mm-hmm. t- the tackling is always what, what, what struggles when, when you get into the season right away. And that tells you how good you're going to be in the early going, if you can tackle or you can't. And I think the NFL, you're going to see some of that. You're going to see some, some long plays, uh, most likely explosive plays uh, in the early going. All right, we're going to come back. Uh, second segment, I have something for you guys, a little interesting, Manny Navarro research, as uh, Walt V likes to call it. Uh, <laughs> I went in-depth, and I looked at our uh, seven FBS state schools, looked at the NFL rosters, the 53-man rosters, some interesting notes to take. Uh, the Hurricanes, no longer the program with the most NFL players. There's another college that has that title. We'll be back after this. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Hold on. Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do all would, of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? He's not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet you he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last up. one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? Hang up on us. Just tell me, no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. Because I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. He ate us. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. 
Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger. Because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Hey, everybody. This is John Resnick from the Goo Goo Dolls. Giving a big shout-out to Slam Radio, the only student-run radio station that's all national. Awesome, guys. Congratulations. And now we're back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, gentlemen, we are back. Front page 305, Manny Navarro with you. Andre Fernandez, Walter Villa, as usual, my wingman here as football season gets ready to get started Thursday night with Canes UAB. We got Dolphins playing Sunday in New England. And then, of course, the Heat Bucks uh, game five tonight uh, in Orlando. We'll talk about that in the third segment as well, a little Marlins. But wanted to get into the NFL again with you guys. Uh, last night, I stayed up looking up all 53-man rosters in the NFL, the 32 NFL teams. And, you know, I think part of the, the, the allure of the Miami Hurricanes, right, is, is they not only win on Saturdays and, and win national championships and yada, 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 but they turn out a tremendous amount of NFL talent every single year. There's guys who are always getting drafted. There's guys who are making NFL rosters. But the last couple of years, things have really started to slow down for Miami in terms of guys who, you know, really make an impact in the league anymore. The days of having, you know, seven, eight, nine former Canes playing in the Pro Bowl really are in the rearview mirror. And so I wanted to sort of take a look, see who gets the bragging rights in state, you know, among the seven FBS programs, uh, Miami, Florida, Florida State, FAU, FIU, UCF, USF. Let's find out, you know, how many guys are actually on NFL rosters, how many guys from those schools are, are actually on practice squads. So I did all the research and I wanted to kind of share some of it with you guys because while V, you, you, you know, you bleed orange and green and I, I wanted to kind of sober you up here a little bit because it's kind of distressing some of these numbers. Um, just coffee. No, I was just laughing because when you did a USF, UCF, I was thinking of that line from MSNBC. C <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Right. And then he said practice squad. And of course, I was like CIA, FBI, practice. MSNBC. Talk well, go ahead. Practice. Let me give you some of these numbers here. All right. Florida is now the number one school in, in, among the, the seven FBS How programs in know? state. They have the most guys in the NFL, 42 mm -hmm. uh, on 53 man rosters as of cut day this weekend, Monday night. You thank uh, you the Jaguars it. for bringing in all those Gators. 
Right, right. Um, drafting C.J. Henderson, uh, 42 players, 17 are first-team starters, okay? Three more on practice squad. So the Gators are number one. The Hurricanes are now number two. They've got 35 players on 53-man rosters, four more on the practice squad. Only 12 of those 35 players are on the first-team depth chart. And here's the interesting one that I came up with, okay? Of the 24 Hurricanes drafted since 2017, okay, only two of those guys are starters in the NFL right now. Ray, mm. Rayshon Jenkins, the Chargers safety, and tight end Chris Herndon. A mm. um, couple things to note. Chad Thomas, uh, the third-round pick from a couple years ago, released by the Browns. He's not an NFL roster. Lamar Miller, who was on a Pro Bowl team a couple years ago with the Texans, released by the Patriots. He's not on an NFL roster. Mm. Um, we'll talk more about the Canes, but I want to share some more numbers with you. Florida State, next on the list. They've got 31 players on NFL rosters. 15 of them are starters, including the guys who I think are the two best right now to come out of the Sunshine State. Uh, I, we'll see if you guys agree or disagree with me, but Dalvin Cook I have is the best offensive player from any of the, th the big three. He was in the Pro Bowl last year. And then, of course, Jalen Ramsey, the cornerback who is now with the Rams, he was a he's a pro bowler, uh, six pro bowlers in all um, last year from Florida, Florida State, Miami, you know, the other the other state schools. And, so, and another and another notable seminal looking for a job right now, Devontae Freeman. So right. Thought was going to sign with the Jaguars, but did not. Did not. Right. OK, so at Florida State is third. Then we get into a, a much smaller list, UCF, right? Mighty UCF. Oh, they're so awesome, UCF. They're going to win the national championship. 13 guys on NFL rosters. Six of them are starters. Three more on practice squads. Uh, FAU follows. They've got 10 players on NFL rosters. Four I can more tell you the FIU numbers. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Give us the FIU numbers. Now, were they, were they next? Yeah, they were next. They're four on the regular 53, and they got two dudes on practice. I'm glad you're keeping practice. up to date, Walter. It's a, such a lengthy list for FIU. Uh, and <laughs> two of them Hilton. are starters. Hey, T.Y. Hilton is a starter, and Johnu Smith. And then we have a Jets future all-pro quarterback, Mr. James Morgan. Right, which is actually brings me to an interesting point. Only two quarterbacks from the state schools are on NFL rosters. Can you name the other one? You mentioned James Morgan. Who's the other one? Well, let me tell you, FIU's had more quarterbacks drafted in the last two years than Miami's had, like, and I don't know how long, because uh, the other kid, um, Magoo, but he right. got cut, Alex Magoo. I don't know who the other one is. Andre, you, right. got, a, you got a name? James Winston. Jameis Winston. That's true. He's the backup. He's the backup. He's now Drew Brees' backup in, in NOLA. Yeah. So I broke it down by position. I looked at all of, you know, how many guys are starters uh, between all the schools. Uh, you, oh, by the way, I forgot. USF has four guys. All of them are starters in the NFL, by the way. Wow. Four guys. And they got three guys on practice squad. So we'll get into the Hurricanes because I know that's the, the, some interesting little points there. And we always talk about, man, why aren't the Canes putting more guys in the NFL? Why do they have first round picks? Yada, yada, yada. Um, FAU has one starter. I didn't mention that earlier because I think you cut me off there for a second, Walvi. But Devin Singletary, the running back with the Bills, awesome. he is the one NFL starter. Really, it's pretty slim pickings. I mean, when, when I give you those numbers and you think about the state of Florida, right, and all the great players that have played for the big three and some of these other schools, is the list impressive to you? I mean, what do you what do you think of the some of those names and some of those numbers? 
Well, here, here's what I got to tell you. Top 100 players in ESPN, by ESPN and the NFL. Number, these are guys from Dayton Broward. Didn't come to Miami. Number three, Lamar Jackson. Number 15, Nick Bosa. Number 18, Joey Bosa. Number 41, Dalvin Cook. Number 56, Mari Cooper. Number 70, Patrick Peterson. So the talent is still there in the state. But what you're telling me is a really no surprise. I mean, 15 years of football not really being Miami football. It's amazing that they have as many players. I would take a different tag and say it's amazing they have as many players as they do because that's how ridiculous this area is for talent. But you, you're seeing all the guys that they couldn't convince to get here. And we just talked about earlier in the show, Patrick Sertain. He's ticketed for the first round. It's just going to keep on going. Yeah, and, and that's really where they've had the drop-off because they've, they've continued to produce great players in this area. The problem, as you mentioned, just not getting them to go to Miami, and, and those guys still end up in the NFL and having great careers. And it's kind of like, man, uh, if you could just win, just be just nine, ten wins on a regular yeah. basis, I think you probably keep those kids. That's that's the where it comes down to. And that, like you said earlier a little while ago, it's until they can get those four-star, five-star guys. But how do you do that? By winning and win, not winning, like you said, not getting to, you know, the December 28th bowl game. I'm talking about getting 10, 11 victories, re really seriously being in the conference title picture and the national title picture. And that's where they were a couple of years ago. And then, you know, then the roof caved in on them again. And, and now they're back to where they are. So it's encouraging what they're doing now in the off season. I mean, the other day I, I looked at the list and it seems like every single good local recruit is going to Miami or committed to Miami right now, but it's the next step now, how it translates to the season, because that's, what's going to sustain it. And the, the long drought has finally caught up to them, even on the NFL level. I think you're starting to see it. A couple interesting things I found uh, in this Walter and, and Dre five kickers, five kickers mm -hmm. in the NFL went to state schools. Yeah. I mean, you talk about what do you, ones, yeah. what do you specialize in? You have Dustin Hopkins with Washington. He played at Florida State. Graham uh, Gano, who's with the Giants. Mm -hmm. Badgley with the Hurricanes. He's with the Chargers. Matt Prater went to UCF. Uh, he's with God, uh, the Lions. That. And then Eddie Pinheiro, who went to Florida. He's with the Bears. Mm -hmm. So Sunset. five kickers in the NFL uh, from, from the state school. And, and not and that then, long ago, you had like a Blair Walsh kicking for the Vikings not that long ago, too. I mean, there's been a lot of good right. ones. Nine that, cornerbacks from the state schools. Manny, that's surprising that Florida State would lead the state in kickers with their wide right that you named <laughs> I'll, your podcast I'll, after. I'll, I'll yes. Times have changed. Yes. Cornerback, yeah. cornerback really the, the position the most. Uh, nine nine uh, cornerbacks in the NFL from the state schools. Uh, you got five tight ends, starting tight ends. in term. This is all starters, by the way. This isn't just guys on rosters. Four running mm -hmm. backs. No quarterbacks, which is not surprising, which is why they've probably all stunk for the last few years. Uh, five off, uh, ten, actually ten offensive linemen. Five of them are centers, starting centers mm -hmm. in the NFL from from state schools. Mm -hmm. um, you got four defensive ends and three defensive tackles. So uh, you could make a roster. The problem is you just don't have a starting quarterback. Uh, you can make a full fifty-three man roster just out of uh, those guys. One, a couple notables with the Canes, okay, because uh, we always sit there and we criticize guys leaving early and why, did, why didn't they stick around and yada, yada, yada. Um, our boy Jeff Thomas, the receiver, right, the stud, got cut by the Patriots. He's not on, a, on any, any NFL team. Trajan Bandy, yeah. we mentioned earlier, he ended up getting cut by the Patriots. He's now on the Steelers. A couple guys on the practice squad, Anthony Ciccolo, who was drafted by the Steelers, he's now on the practice squad in New Orleans. 
Casey McDermott back with Jacksonville on the practice squad, and then Jamal Carter, the safety, uh, on the practice squad in Atlanta. Yep, a lot of a lot of guys. That's why I was why I was saying that there. It seemed the other day on cutdown day, it was like local name after local name or Kane's grad. Some of these guys latching on to practice squads now, but it shows you the dearth of the talent that even some guys left over now, you know, could find their way up eventually and make it there. But that was interesting, the old line part, because, you know, for all this time you hear about the great skill talent down here, but NFL mm-hmm. teams are stacking up front now with a lot of guys from down here over the last few years. Yeah, and John, John Feliciano, who uh, was with the Bills last year as a starter, he's on injured reserve. Otherwise, he'd probably be a starter again. As far as the Canes who uh, left this past year, the 2020 Canes, or the 2020 draft class, DJ Dallas, fourth string running back. He is right behind Travis Homer. They're Travis literally, Homer. Yeah, they're, they're together in Seattle. Uh, four Canes on the Seahawks and all. Philip Dorsett is now a starter in Seattle as a slot mm-hmm. receiver, I think. Greg Olson is a starting tight end over there. And then let's look at more guys from this last uh, class, rookies. K.J. Osborne, not a starter at receiver, but he did lead the ACC in punt returns and kick returns. He won the starting job as the punt return, kick return guy in Minnesota as a seventh-round pick. So kind of impressive that he, as a seventh-round pick, made the roster. Uh, Jonathan Garvin made the 53-man roster in Green Bay. He was also a seventh-round pick. Um, He's third-string outside linebacker, not even playing defensive end. Uh, He's lost weight. He's he's trimmed down. He's playing uh, linebacker now. And uh, who else? There's one more. I think there were four rookies. Oh, and Shaq Quarterman is the backup middle linebacker in Jacksonville uh, behind Joe uh, Schultz. Mid-round draft pick. Yeah, yeah, mid-round pick. So to me, I I mean, look, uh, my question is who's going to carry the flag for Miami moving forward, the Hurricanes, right? Because for so many years, we got to, to pound our chest and say, oh, the Canes on Sunday. Look at them, right? They're scoring all these touchdowns. They had that streak for many years of, of at least a hurricane scoring one touchdown every single week in the NFL. It lasted several years. Um, and now it's like, okay, Calais Campbell, who is 34 years old, he's uh, played 13 years in the NFL. He was the lone uh, Pro Bowl selection. Uh, mm-hmm. He's in Baltimore now after uh, being traded. Um, you got Jimmy Graham, who was a five-time Pro Bowler. He's 33, starting tight end in Chicago. Um, Pat O'Donnell, the punter. I mean, uh, Olivier Vernon is 29 years old. He's a starter in Cleveland. Uh, Brandon Linder, 28 years old, uh, seventh year in Jacksonville. Michael Badgley, who I mentioned earlier, the kicker. Frank Gore is is in the backfield for the Jets. I was just going to mention that, Andre. I was going to say, I was going to make a joke that Frank Gore is going to be the one to carry the banner. Like, another, he's got another 10 years left. I, uh, I was also going to say, when Manny does this uh, late night research, uh, your lovely wife, Joanna, is used to this by now. Uh, do you ever call State Farm like at three in the morning and Joanna come down? <laughs> and Who the hell off? are you talking to? Are you wearing khakis during that time? If Kelvin right. Harris calls, Kelvin Harris will call me late. He will. I will get a late night phone call from Kelvin Harris usually to talk uh, NFL, NBA, Hurricanes, whatever. And that's, uh, he, he loves. That's what's become of your life. That, that the late night what, calls you get an late, hour from Kelvin Harris. From my buddy Kelvin Harris, the uh, three-time <laughs> national champion Hurricane. He loves. Uh, he loves to throw that out there. He's one of the special guys. He's got three rings. Um, all right, guys. It's twelve thirty-six. Uh, I think we're going to be hitting a break here soon. Um, to wrap this up, Walter, I want to ask you, who do you think is the guy that's going to carry the flag? I mean, is there a guy right now that you see making Pro Bowls that's a former Hurricane, uh, a young player in this league right now that stands out to you? 
Uh, I was sleeping at three in the morning, so I, I didn't study this list like, like yes. you did. Okay. So I, 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 the correct answer is once. no. The correct answer is no. There <laughs> is nobody. Rayshon Jenkins is your best player. Uh, Chris I will Herndon. Say, I will say that we, we, we're kind of still tight end you, and I think the tight end, I think Brevin Jordan is on the way to join the other guys. In the, how, many, how many starting tight ends do we still have in the, you in got, the league? You got Jimmy Graham. You got Greg Olson and you got Chris Herndon. Those are That's the three, three already. And I'm still selfishly waiting for Chris Herndon to stay on the field because he's on my fantasy team. David Njoku, by the way, who was the last first round pick in 2017, right. he's now third string tight end in Cleveland. Uh, the guy ahead of him uh, from FAU, the tight end who won the Mackey Award last well, year. Well, Njoku asked for and a Hooper, trade, right? and there's there's some controversy there. But I think tight end is, is still the biggest position. I think Brevin Jordan is headed to the league. And the way they're talking about Will Mallory, maybe we'll have two guys, two more tight ends in the NFL in a short order. So I think, I think if there's one spot that you can say that they're still kind of fairly dominant would be tight end. All right. Well, <laughs> it's just not impressive. It's kind of disappointing. Frankie, you agree or disagree? I, I mean, it's I, I think it's very disappointing. For NFL you, right? I agree. That's a, that's the one thing that we had to hold our heads up on. Now all of a sudden they're taking it away. No, no, no. I agree. We got to turn this thing around. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when when FSU can just plant the spear literally and just say Dalvin Cook and the, and end the argument. And Jalen Ramsey, those are the two. And Jalen Ramsey, six right. Pro Bowlers. I didn't even need to bring Jalen into it. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean but we're not just, re- uh... we're not necessarily surprised, right? Because it's not like some big caliber type names have necessarily passed through the program in ten years or so. Correct. No, right. no, no but my my point is just for relevancy, right? Like NFL, you're gonna keep calling yourself NFL you, but really it's NFL uh, former you, right? I mean, it's not it's not the same uh, thing that it used to be. This is like when for 15 years, Manny, you haven't painted your house, you haven't repaired it, and your neighbor has that, you know, put tile, marble tile on the floor and he fixed his roof and everything. And then you're surprised when your neighbor's house sells for a lot more than yours. This is what's happened. It's been a Bro. disaster. All right. Yeah, no. Yep. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Here's that song again. Yay. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today, here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Yay. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve! By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, have to, you forgot that. Just the two of us. 
Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Flowers are beautiful, but they become even more so when carried by people who are committed to ending Alzheimer's. At the Alzheimer's Association Walk to End Alzheimer's, hundreds of thousands carry different colored flowers, signifying their connections to the disease. And we walk so that one day, there will be a white flower for Alzheimer's first survivor. Slam Radio is more than just a radio station, but a family. It's so nice to know that you have a place where you can feel safe, where you can feel comfortable sharing your opinions and not be judged for what you feel like is right or is wrong. I'm very grateful that I've gotten this opportunity to be a part of something big, something historical. It taught me that not only that I matter, but that I have a voice. And the mentors we have here, like Frank the Tank and Amigo, make you love this amazing program even more. There are very few words that can describe Slam Radio. One word that definitely comes to mind is familia, family. We've been offered so many unique opportunities to be a part of something great. I will always be grateful to Slam Radio and everybody a part of Slam Radio. We are a family. They are my family and they will always continue to be my family and I will forever be thankful and I know they got my back just like I got theirs. I love being part of Slam Radio. Yo, this is K9 and you're listening to Slam Radio Series 6M 145. And now we're back with Front Page 305 on Series 6M 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back to Front Page 305. Manny Navarro with Andre Fernandez, Walter Villa. We're going to talk NBA and a little bit of Marlins here in a minute. But Dre, I, I, Netflix, I got on Netflix this weekend and uh, I found... You got Cobra. on Netflix. You've had Netflix for years. Right, I know. But I, I literally got back on it because I've been oh, doing okay. nothing but working uh, since, you know, they decided at the Athletic to get rid of everybody except you, except me. <laughs> um, no, so I, I, I got on there. I started to watch a little bit of Cobra Kai the, uh, the mm. series that came out on YouTube mm. a couple of years good. ago, the continuation of uh, the Karate Kid movie. Have you seen it yet? I have not, but any good? Because I always, I'm always a little worried when it's a remake. Well, listen, I... But it's a I, continuation, I, it, so... Yeah, it's a continuation. It's sort of 30 years after kind of what happened to uh, Daniel LaRusso and uh, and Johnny and uh, even the uh, the evil coach of Cobra Kai, and uh, it, it's actually entertaining. Now I don't know if it's uh, Walt V's flavor because there's not enough murder and uh, and sex and things of that nature, but uh, certainly is entertaining if you if you like '80s type culture and and, and they, you, you like that leave, kind of stuff. Did, it's a, it's a good. Reboot. They didn't leave the dojo to go become Colombian drug lords. So, right. So there's Walter's none of that. Interested. There's none of that stuff. There's nobody buying furniture for anybody else. There's none of that kind of stuff happening. It's just I, literally. I, uh, a it's so not me. It's so not me that I slump back in my chair. When you see me slump back in my chair, it's like you guys can talk about this. To me, <laughs> I'm all about the Australia insurance commercial. If we can get the girl from the Australia insurance on oh. our show, anybody has the number for her agent. I mean, that, <laughs> now that would be a show. 
Frankie, Frankie's ears perked up when you said that, by the way. I think he's <laughs> with that as well. He's going to find out if you can get that phone number. Right. Um, all right. So Heat Bucks, we are, uh, we are about to get uh, started with that tonight. Game five, 630. Is it TNT, ESPN? I'm not sure. I think it's TNT tonight. In the um, usual 630 time slot. Yes. Heat uh, obviously blew it. No Giannis Antetokounmpo. As soon as he left uh, game four, rolled his ankle for the second time. It looked like they went on vacation. Uh, Jimmy Butler and company <laughs> just like uh, ready to go play some dominoes. This thing is over. <laughs> and then uh, Chris Middleton uh, took it to him, finished mm-hmm. the thing with 38 points, ended up winning that game in overtime. So now they got to come back and they got to work. And then I got to work. I was looking for some forward to some time <laughs> off. I wanted to play some dominoes. And of they didn't want to take care of business. So now you I wanted to work. eat some dominoes, I think. Right. Or eat dominoes. Right. Probably oh, more boy. eat dominoes. Um, so my question to you, because we can talk the game, the series and eh, whatever. Um, is Giannis Antetokounmpo really the league MVP? And, and, and here's hmm. the question I bring up with that, because obviously every team that finishes with the best record gets to be, you know, the MVP. That's the way it is. Whoever's the best player on the best team, the NBA makes it an automatic award. Um, and my question is, he seems like a very limited player. 0 for 7 from three-point range, I think, in game three. Couldn't hit an outside shot. Really, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to leave the question to you guys. But to me, I don't think he is even a top five player. It, when, in all reality, when you, when you go to the playoffs, I don't think he is. I don't know this if I say not top five. I mean, I haven't studied the numbers enough to, to look at all the other guys this season. So I don't know if I'd take the award away from this season. But I think in terms of a player – it's been a little revealing to, to, to see what's transpired in this series. I think uh, the point you made last week about how he wasn't more aggressive on the defensive end, which is a specialty, you know, in the clutch, the way, you know, the way Bam is, the way Jimmy is, it makes me question if he would be quote unquote heat material. If you were to bring a guy here, I mean, he's going to have to do those types of things. And then the shooting, I mean, you're already trying to get Bam to become more of a shooter, which he's trying to develop that mid range shot. Now you're going to have another guy who's sort of, struggles in that in that realm as well i mean granted very athletic player hell of a defender i don't know i don't know if he's the best fit maybe maybe i've turned to your side on on this argument if he's the best guy that to bring in here to be that third piece this is hilarious to me because uh our our voluminous listeners this is week 11 since obviously it's a radio show but we also do a podcast we started 11 weeks ago one of our very early episodes in the archives, the great Manny Navarro was lusting after the Greek freak, saying that's the guy that Miami needs to bring here. And now he's like, was he? Yes, he said that that's the guy Miami needed. That's what we, the whole thing about. I, sure he said, I said Bradley Beal. I, me too. No, I, he I, said Giannis was the guy they needed, and uh, and that uh, he's the greatest player in the history of the Milwaukee uh, Bucks franchise, and that's what I said. Well, they had a guy named Lou Alcindor. I remind you of guy this. And now yeah, you've turned the... against them. Right, no. Now what I said to... was he could end up becoming, if he if he leads him to a championship, he could. But what, what's been revealed, and as, as to steal Dre's word, is that in the half-court game, which is what happens in the playoffs, right? You, you lose the transition game. Everybody gets back on defense. Everybody actually plays defense. Because in the regular season, nobody plays defense, right? I mean, it's just who can score 135 first. In the playoffs, when it's time to play defense, Miami's playing defense. They're getting back. They're not allowing him to be the freak. Now, I think part of this is Mike Budenholzer, the coach for the Bucs. I think it's his fault. I think uh, guys like him, guys like Brett Brown, 
they got to tell these dudes, hey, you're six foot ten, you're six foot eleven. Nobody can stop you in the paint. Get your butt in the paint and score. And that's what happened in game four. Giannis won in the paint and dominated Miami. Scored, uh, I think it was sixteen points. He was eight of ten or whatever it was from the field before he got 19 when he got when he when he exited the game and he was still the leading scorer deep into the third quarter which is crazy yeah i mean he was dominating miami joel Embiid, you see him he's shooting three pointers this whole thing with the nba it's so revealing that the players really control this league because so many of these guys want to be shooters and i get it three points is worth more than two but the reality is if giannis antetokounmpo was coached the right way they tell him get in the paint, get thirty rebounds and fifty points every game, and he could do it. But well, maybe they he don't comes coach here him that way. They maybe don't coach comes, him that way. Maybe if he comes here, that's you know the Heat culture, Spo, everybody just gets on him and turns him into that. I mean, but is it redundant? How does that fit with Bam though? Yeah, I don't think it fits. I don't think it fits at all. I think Miami is better off without him. Now he's a he's a better talent. <laughs> No, they 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 are right it's now. Hilarious. Currently constructed. Currently it's constructed. Hilarious. Look, it's granted, but I had I I know I remember we didn't put this on the air, but I I'm telling you I had this when I was still an athletic writer, and and I said if Giannis was the best option, and Manny counter argument his counter argument to me was no, Bradley Beal is the piece because I know of what I he brings that. on I offense. I think Walter's confusing when I because, talk because about what, no 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 Walter's right. on point because of the Luol Cinder thing, but. I think we also had that argument. You told me Beal to you felt like the better offensive. It was when we talked about how Jimmy can't be the main source of offense being the fact that he's now a 30 year old plus player and he's going to get older little and all of that stuff. Yes. And, and that Beal would be the guy to kind of ease that offensive pressure to all, to all these players. Now, if you're making yeah, an argument I with me and then doing another one on the air, that's a whole other story. I'm going to leave that to you guys. Giannis has gone right. from being the greatest player. It's Giannis. It's Giannis. It's Giannis. He told me to call him Giannis. Giannis has gone from being the greatest player in Milwaukee Bucks history to now, eh, we don't need him on the Miami Heat. He's just going <laughs> to ridiculous. Frankie, and Frankie, the guy's playing with an ankle injury, by the way. If it, if in six days this becomes the first comeback, the first 3-0 comeback in NBA history, then are we saying the same thing? And if he leads it? He's not going to lead. I don't think he's going to play. Go ahead, Frankie. What do you want me to settle? His name? <laughs> Yes, it's Giannis. It's Giannis. It's Giannis. It's Giannis. There you go. That's yes, what I said. Giannis. Flores, it's not Giannis. <laughs> it's not Ron. I mean, Walter, I mean, he is the name murderer. This is his new nickname, the name murderer. It's Giannis Sina Ugo Antetokounmpo. Um, there you go. Yes. Wally V, uh, give us your Marlins rotation thing. Go, come on. We yeah, here's it. Here's just off now. Oh. <laughs> go ahead, Andre. You got more on uh, on. No, Giannis. no. I was waiting for Don't you guys to settle, to settle this. But we're on. running out of we're running out of precious minutes. All I right. think is why Manny made that that <clears throat> that screeching, that screeching <laughs> halt and turn into yes. the other lane. And now we're in baseball land. So go right. On. So I was just looking at the rotation of the of the teams in the NL East. It seems to me now at the top. The Marlins don't quite have what these other teams have, but they have more depth. The Braves, Max Fried, am I pronouncing that name right? Mm -hmm. Max Fried, 198 ERA. The rest with Soroka gone, that's a mess. They probably have the worst rotation. And Fried just got hurt, you know, put on the IL, I believe, today. So for sure, they have the worst rotation. The Nationals have two top guys, Scherzer and Patrick Corbin, who's have a 434 ERA. He's not even having a great season. And Annabelle Sanchez, 648 ERA, the rest of the guys, I mean, they're a mess after you get past the first two guys. The Phillies kind of similar, 
Austin Nola and Wheeler, both ERAs in the twos, very good. Arietta's got a five-something ERA. Then Zach Eflin and Spencer Howard, not good. The Mets, they have the best pitcher probably in baseball in DeGrom, 169 ERA. Then Lugo's been very good, 205. It, it goes south pretty quickly after that. Then you go to the Marlins, Navarro. Sixto with a two. To me, he's their best pitcher, 2.37 ERA. I, I would even put Trevor Rogers have been so impressive. 3.0 ERA might be the number two guy. Sandy, number three, probably on the list, 3.78. Pablo Lopez has pitched very well, 305. And then Jose Urania, uh, 540. He hasn't pitched much. And then you say, well, if they if they take my suggestion and put Urania in the bullpen, they've got guys like Edward Cabrera, Max Meyer, the first round pick, Braxton Garrett. To me, the only hope for this franchise is to have a dominant rotation because the hitters are a mess. Be- before I get to that, I like watching gravity work on uh, Manny's eyelids as you started to explain <laughs> all this. But yeah, oh yeah, Manny's interest, Manny's <laughs> research is okay, but my my research is like no, a huh? slow drop. Like mm. no, I I was trying to listen. I have my phone with me here, and I'm sitting here going through. I'm, as Walter's making his argument, I'm ready to to to, to urinate all over it. So go ahead, keep, keep going. Go for it. No, well, here's what I was gonna say because I said a couple shows ago that the Martins would only win five more games. They're at 18 wins right now, 18 and 18. So it's 20. Two down, three to go. Right. They've got to win two more games to make me look like an idiot. But ultimately here, um, I'm looking at the uh, – I was looking up ESPN standings because I wanted to see, you know, they list kind of what the playoff chances are. They would play the Dodgers right now, Manny. They're the eight seed. Right, right. They're not going to play the Dodgers. Mm. Uh, they have a 31.8 playoff uh, percentage chance of actually making it, 31.8% of making the playoffs. Um, the Mets, I know, are behind them right now in the standings by two games. But ultimately, if you if you do the math, let's see, one, two, three, four. They're only their odds of making the playoffs are only better than four teams in the NL, which means that they're predicted to finish tenth. I think the Rockies passed them, and I think the Brewers passed them. Those are two better teams, and certainly the Mets could pass them as well. So Mm-mm. I think right now the only teams that Miami could finish with a better record than in, in, in Major League Baseball in the National League are the Nationals, the Diamondbacks, the Pirates. The Pirates have 13 wins. The Diamondbacks have 15. The Nationals have 15. Miami's only got 18. They could finish with the worst record in the NL. Now I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. But, well, the Brewers, to me, is the only team you name there that probably can pass them just because if that team gets hot with the firepower they have, but look, I'm, I'm going to agree with Walter on the rotation. I think that is the best rotation in the East. But I think definitely the it's deepest. only a matter of experience right now for some of these guys and improving themselves. But just on talent, on paper, I think they do have it in terms of like the overall depth of it, despite right. Washington still having some a couple of superstars. Same with the Mets. But what worries me isn't that. What worries me is this lineup and the fact right. that they're not consistent. I mean, they'll, they'll do what they did the last couple of days and then go blank for a couple of days or, you know, and you can't do that. You can't, you, you need a more consistent lineup. And then the bullpen too. I'm not a fan of that Ureña to the pen move, but I'm one blown save away from, from recommending it myself. I mean, that's two in a row for Kinsler. If that becomes a problem, I mean, they, they continue to, to surrender leads. I mean, that's not a team that can get in the playoffs. So we're, we're running out of time here in Navarro. All I'm saying is, I'd say they have the deepest rotation. Their offenses still have way too many guys hitting under 200. I wasn't saying that this is, but here's the thing. Right now they'd be in the playoffs. And remember the two times in the history of this franchise, this is almost a joke, but the two times they've made the playoffs, they've won the World Series. And not just that, but 
two out of three in the first round and everyone has to play even the mighty dodgers so you imagine if the, if they get in face the dodgers or another team or a team like that or maybe even the padres and six just, it all requires is two good days from two of those starters and who knows right all great points gentlemen they're gonna have the third pick in the draft next year frankie <laughs> we're out of show see you later the views and opinions expressed on front page 305 are entirely those of the host guests and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of slam radio